Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for that birthday greeting. That was so nice. I just love you guys and appreciate you. My favorite birthday card so far, my tennis buddies took me out for a birthday breakfast uh, this week, and uh, so they gave me this card. Front says, uh, Reverend, have you been drinking? It's a cop stopping a, a pastor. And uh, Reverend, have you been drinking? And the pastor says inside, just water, officer. And inside it says, then why do I smell wine? And then the pastor says, good Lord, he did it again. So anyhow, <laughs> well, that was pretty funny. Those guys are, that's their sense of humor right there. So anyhow. Hey, listen, uh, I'm so excited about next Sunday night, our night of worship at the Fenwick Island campus. Uh, this is such an um, important moment, historical moment. The first time Bayshore will ever be in that facility. And some of you aren't going to be a part of that campus, but we would love for everybody to come to that campus uh, next Sunday night. And we're going to worship the Lord, uh, pray over the city, that is Selbyville, Fenwick Island area. And uh, really, it's such an important night next, uh, next Sunday night. So if you could kind of check that off on your calendar to come, it would make a big, big impact as we get started in that community. Uh, and uh, we'd love to fill that space up, worship the Lord, pray over Fenwick Island. And uh, we're going to have some Fenwick Island community people there for the first time that we'll be meeting. And so we're just really excited about that. So uh, that's next Sunday night. Hey, listen, uh, I'm in a series called uh, uh, Mega Transitions, and we're looking at the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, and 1 Samuel has all these really cool things in it, cool stories. It's a, a book of narratives. So it's a great book to read, great easy book to preach on and teach on. But uh, the book's about transitions and because uh, they go from a uh, disorganized colonial type government to a centralized government. They go through that big transition. There's a transition from King Saul to King David in, in the book. So it's about transitions. And so today we're going to be looking at uh, an important passage uh, in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. Samuel, the book is named after... Um, after Samuel, who is the prophet, he's the prophet, the main figure in the, in the book. And what he does is he goes and he, he uh, anoints King David. And he's, a, he's also a priest. He represents the people. He offers sacrifices. He's a judge. He's kind of a manager. He's an incredible figure and uh, a great godly figure to look at. So, uh, so that's really important. By the way, I'm going to read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 out of the Bibles we give away. This is the New International Version, the 2011 uh, translation. Uh, we have those free in the back if you'd like to pick those up. I love this uh, Bible. Uh, it's a really good readable translation, but the reason I love it is because the font is really big, and you always want to have a Bible that has big font uh, because it's much easier to read and stay engaged. So here's, here's what it says, and we're going to read the first 11 verses of 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli... In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, whose, uh, heart, uh, uh, whose, the, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And then verse, uh, verse number 8. And third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. 
Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it about it tangle. So uh, I want to welcome all our Facebook Live people that are listening. Let's give our Facebook Live people a hand. They're listening. Thank you for listening today. And all those that are listening in different parts uh, of the country, different places. So thank you so much for being here. So today we're going to talk about this story. This story is incredible help, incredibly helpful because it talks to us about how to hear the voice of God. We have a person, we have a little guy in this story by the name of Samuel who hears God speak to him. And he's having trouble discerning God's voice. Now, here's what I think. I believe that God speaks to people. I believe that God still speaks to people. Uh, I don't believe God just speaks to us when we read the Bible. I believe reading the Bible is essential, and it helps us to understand when we're hearing God. But I think not simply does God speak to us through sermons, but I believe that God can speak to people, that God can communicate with you on a regular basis. We have a tendency to think that God only speaks to the elite believers. You know, you have Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, these really, really spiritual people, that God speaks to those people, but the rest of us, he doesn't speak to. Now, in the Bible, you'll find that there's constantly, in the New Testament, the Old Testament, there's constantly this communication of God to his people, that God is speaking to his people on a regular basis. Now, we know that Jesus affirmed this when he wrote in, uh, when he spoke in, in, first, or in John chapter 10, John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So Jesus said that people that are sheep, sheep is a metaphor for people that follow Jesus. So he said, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Evidently, Jesus speaks to his sheep. He speaks to people that are part of his kingdom and a part of his family. How many would consider yourself this morning, maybe this is not everybody, but uh, most of you that are here, or many of you that are here, you are a person who follows Jesus and you are a Christ follower. Just raise your hand. You are a Christian. That's why you're here. That's why you're not like, you know, checking out at home, you know, waiting for the ball game to come on. You're here because you love Jesus. So Jesus said that my sheep, and if you are a sheep of the Lord, that he speaks to you. My sheep hear my voice. So there should be an expectation in our hearts to hear the Lord, to listen to the Lord, that we should be hearing the Lord on a regular basis. Uh, right now, Joel and Stacy are living with us, you know, my son Joel and his wife Stacy, and their two grandkids, Nora and Nixon, and their little dog, Eli. Now, I've always wanted a dog. I asked Karen if I could have a dog. She said, that would be a negative. We're not getting a dog. I would love to have a dog. How many people out there have a dog? Raise your hand. That's wonderful. You know, I would love to visit your dog sometimes, but I don't have a dog. But right now, I have a dog because um, Joel and Stacy have this little dog by the name of Eli. Now, Eli is a Tweeny. A Tweeny is a uh, part uh, Chihuahua, or uh, what is it? Ch Chihuahua. Chihuahua, there you go, part Chihuahua, and a Dotson, and it's a blend of that. So it's, it's just an odd looking dog. And here's a picture of Eli. This is Eli, and that is my grand dog. Now, he's, a, he's, a, he's my buddy. You know, we watch football together. We study together. He helps me write these sermons, by the way. He sits in my lap while I'm working on my sermons. So um, he's just a really cool dog. And so this is a picture, a typical picture of us at dinner time. Now, all of us sit around the dinner table, six or seven, eight of us, whatever. And Eli is always right there by me. He's by me at the dinner table. 
And, uh, and sometimes he's up on, on, on my legs, he's scratching. And the reason he's with me is because he wants something to eat. And Eli, you know how little dogs are, little lap dogs are, they, chip, they got shivering, he's shivering, you know, he's got this shivering thing he does, looks like he's a Pentecostal, you know, he's shivering. And, uh, and he's, uh, he's like, you know, and, and he, the reason he's with me is because I give him food. I give him food. I, give him, I give him, gave him some beef brisket last night. He was a happy dog. And I give him, you know, lunch meat. I give him turkey. I give him, in fact, when I plate's none, he cleans up my plate. And, and nobody else does that. And Joel and Stacy have told me not to do that. And I said, you're living in my house. I'm going to feed this dog. So anyhow, <laughs> that's my deal. But, you know, this dog, you know, Eli, he's like, not to be confused with the priest in the story, Eli here is, uh, he's, he's like, uh, he's just, he's anticipating, he's anxious, he believes that I'm going to give him something to eat. And he just like, he's there every time, every time we have dinner. It doesn't matter if it's lunch, it doesn't matter if it's breakfast, it doesn't matter if it's dinner. He's right there with me anticipating I'm going to give him some food. And I give him food, and he wants food, and he's hungry for food. And so I give him food, and this is a win-win relationship because he wants food and I like to give him food and everybody's happy and it's a wonderful thing now I'm here to tell you that you and I need to to be in the presence of the Lord with that same anticipation we need to be like waiting for the Lord to give us the word we need to be like Eli Eli just he just hungry he wants something and we need to be saying God speak to us give us a word speak to us give us direction for our job give us direction for our kids give us direction for these broken relationships speak to us about the stress and the anxiety that we're going under ask the Lord to speak to you because the Bible says that he speaks the Lord says I my sheep know my voice so evidently Jesus speaks to his sheep and if I'm one of his sheep Jesus wants to be speaking to me on a regular basis so that's an important thing for us to understand how that we do that so we need to anticipate that so I think when we think about hearing God hearing God is supposed to be the normal not the abnormal now we tend to think that if anybody hears the Lord wow that's abnormal that's somebody like wow they are really out there but the reality is, in the Bible, Jesus and the Lord is constantly communicating with people on a regular basis. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, listen to this, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, how many have ever wondered about, should I go right or should I go left? You ever had that? Should I do this or should I do that? It says, uh, rather, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it this is the way your ears will hear a voice so in this story with Samuel I believe there's some clues about how to hear the voice of God and the objective of this message today is that we will leave here uh, with a with an attitude and with an anticipation that this week we're going to begin to hear the Lord speak to us in our daily life that we can hear the Lord you won't have to wait until next Sunday to come back for a sermon I hope you come back for the sermon next week it's going to be amazing you want to come back for that but I, I want you this week to say listen I want to hear the Lord this week so in this story there's some clues about how to hear the Lord now the what we see in the story Samuel this little boy that's been dedicated to the temple uh, and the tabernacle in a place called Shiloh, which is not significant in this message. Uh, and he's there, and he's lying down at night, and the Lord speaks to him. The first time he's ever heard the Lord speak to him. And what does the Lord say to him the first time he speaks? He says his name. That's significant. The Lord says his name, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli. 
He thinks it's the priest Eli. So he runs. Now that's an important thing. He runs. This little boy is, has a submissive, obedient attitude. He wants to please the Lord. Eli is the priest, and so he thinks Eli wants him. And he runs. He's passionate. He's like, he's there, Eli, what do you want? What do you want? I heard you speak to me. And Eli said, I didn't, I didn't call your name. I didn't speak to you. Go back and lie down. So the little boy goes back and he lies down. And uh, a little while later, he hears the Lord speak to him again. Samuel, Samuel. So he gets up and he runs to Eli. And he goes to Eli and he said, Eli, you called. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he goes back and he lies down. And the third time, third time, he didn't, the Lord didn't speak to him just one time. The Lord spoke to him uh, three times here. That's interesting. Three times he spoke to him. And so he heard again. And so he went and he went to Eli. And this time Eli thought maybe the Lord is speaking to this little boy. And he thinks it's me. And so he says to Samuel, when the Lord speaks to you, listen to this. When the Lord speaks to you, you say this to him. Um, I am, I'm listening, Lord. I am your servant. I'm listening. So he goes back and he lies down. The Lord speaks to him the third time. And this time he said, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. And then, then the Lord speaks to Samuel something that's going to happen in Israel, very significant. So the first time he heard the Lord. Now, what, what, what do we see in this story? A couple things that help us to learn how to hear the Lord. Number one, Samuel was hearing God, but he didn't know he was hearing God. God was speaking to him, and he thought it was Eli. Now, that's important for us to know because sometimes we can be hearing God and God can be speaking to us, but we don't know it's God. We don't recognize that it's God. We don't discern that it's God. And so I think that's very intriguing because sometimes people, you know, they, they, you know, they say God never speaks to them, but maybe God is speaking to them. Maybe the Lord is communicating to them like in the story of Samuel. Samuel was hearing God, but he didn't know it was God. He was confused about that. So just maybe that God has been speaking to you and you haven't been recognizing his voice. So that's an important thing for us to, to remember. Now, why did Samuel not recognize uh, the voice of the Lord? By the way, just say this with me. It's possible for God to be speaking to me and for me not to know it's God. Samuel thought it was Eli. But it was God. It wasn't, it wasn't Eli. It was God. It wasn't Eli. It was God. Sometimes God's speaking to us and we think, oh, that's just me. That's just my crazy. That's just me. Or that's just my imagination. Sometimes God's speaking to us and we dismiss it and we don't even realize that it is God speaking to us. Now, the reason that I think Samuel didn't know it was God speaking to him is because we tend to think when God speaks, he's going to speak dramatically. He's going to speak dramatically. He's going to be, it's going to be like Moses, a burning bush. Or I think if, if Samuel had been in the tabernacle there and there had been a 30-foot angel and the whole room had lit up and a booming baritone voice, you know, turned up to high decibels, said, Samuel, Samuel, I think he would have said, he wouldn't have questioned, it would have been, it would have been God. He knew it was God. But God didn't speak to him that way. Listen to this, important principle. God rarely speaks to us in dramatic fashion. He rarely speaks to us in dramatic fashion. The reason is we cannot handle the dramatic. We can't handle the glory of God. Every time God spoke in a dramatic fashion in the New Testament, it was, it was a big deal. Like, remember the shepherds, you know, the glory of the Lord, you know, the Christmas shepherds? The glory of the Lord filled the, uh, filled the heavens, and it says, what it says, it says in uh, Luke chapter 2, they were terrified. They were terrified because the glory of the Lord. We can't handle the glory of God. 
We are not designed to handle the glory of God. So God doesn't speak to us in a dramatic fashion. How about this one? Uh, how, how about, uh, you know, John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1? Uh, he's there, and he's in exile for his faith. Uh, at Romans, uh, Roman government has put him in exile on the Isle of Patmos. He's there, and, he's, and it says, he says this, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I love that phrase. I think the Lord's day must have been Sunday. He was, you know, seeking the Lord on Sunday. He was in, a, he was in prison. I've been, to the, I've been to Patmos in that little cave where they think he was kept. And he was probably in that cave and looking through those holes in the cave out on the, on the sea. And he was worshiping the Lord. And you know what it means to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day? Uh, or to be in the Spirit any day? To be in the Spirit means you are not conscious of this world anymore. You're totally conscious of the Lord. You're focused on Jesus. You're not thinking about the microwave. You're not thinking about the TV. You're not thinking about anything. You are in the Spirit. You're focused on the Lord. Now, it says that, that John, he was there uh, on the Isle of Patmos, and the Lord appeared to him in all his glory. And it says the eyes of the Lord were like blazing fire. And it says his hair was white like wool, indicating his wisdom. His feet were like... Uh, bronze, burnished bronze. And listen, his voice was like the sound of many waters. It was like the sound of Niagara Falls. And John said, when I saw the Lord, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He fell at his feet like a dead man. He couldn't handle the stimuli. Seeing God in all of his drama and all of his glory, we can't handle it, so he speaks to us in a normal way. You know, if, if God showed us his glory, you know, and spoke to us like we think we, we would know it was God, it would be like plugging a hairdryer into a 220 outlet. I mean, it would run real fast for a minute, and then that would be the end of it. Because God's glory is more than we can handle. So God normally speaks to us in very normal, normal ways. And uh, in, in our hearts, we hear him speak. Here's another example. 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah the prophet, he's, he's uh, confronted Ahab and uh, Jezebel, and he's killed the prophets of Baal, and Jezebel's going to kill him. He's on his run. God gives him some food. He runs for 40 days. He hides in a cave. Here's what happens. The Bible says as he's standing in that cave, the Lord says, the Lord's presence comes to him and says, stand in the mouth of the cave, Elijah. And as he stands in the mouth of the cave, first a great wind comes, a powerful wind comes. The wind is so strong it breaks the rocks apart. And then, he, and then it, the Lord says to him, after the wind comes by and breaks the rocks apart, the Lord says to him, I'm not in the wind. And then he sees an earthquake, an earthquake that's shaking. And, and Elijah seeing the powerful earthquake. And then the Lord says to Elijah, I'm not in the earthquake. And then it says he says he saw the fire from heaven fall in this glorious, powerful fire. I mean, it was just a mesmerizing to Elijah. And the Lord said to Elijah, I'm not in the fire. And then he says he heard a gentle, quiet voice. And the Lord began to speak to Elijah. So God speaks to us in a normal way, in a way in which we can handle it. Sometimes you know, it's a thought, we hear a thought, we hear something inside, and there's these incredible impressions and all that. I go by shoulder taps, you know, I just like going through life, and the Lord taps me on the shoulder, and I just feel him leading me to do something. So we need to begin to think about how God speaks to us. God generally does not speak to us in a dramatic fashion, and here's the principle. The principle in the story is, it's possible for God to speak to us, and for us not to know that God is speaking to us. Say that with me. It's possible for God to be talking to me and for me not to even know it's God.
So in this story, God's talking to Samuel, but he doesn't know it's, he doesn't know it's God. So here's a couple clues. A couple clues. I'm going to give you three clues about how to know when God's speaking to you. Three clues. Uh, the first clue is this. Uh, God, God's voice has a compelling nature to it. God's voice has a compelling nature to it. How many times did God speak to Samuel in the story? Three times. He kept speaking to him. The same thing over and over again. Now, here's what I think. I think that if, uh, uh, if Eli had not said, say, speak, your servant is listening, I think if he had not told him that, I think that could have gone all night long. Because when God speaks to us, there's a compelling nature to it. He speaks to us, and it's like a boomerang. It just keeps coming back to us. It keeps coming back to us. It keeps coming back to us. And I found listening to God as I've tried to listen to the Lord over the years, leading the church and following Jesus and being a Christian and being a husband and a father and a grandfather, praying about stuff. When God's speaking to me, there's a compelling nature to it. It just keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back. It's like a piece of tape on your finger. You can't get rid of it. It just keeps coming back over and over and over again. So there's a compelling nature to the voice of God. You say, am I hearing the Lord? Am I hearing the Lord? Here's one question I ask. Does, is it a compelling voice? Does that voice just keep coming back? Keep coming back. Do this. You know, go to, <clears throat> go to Georgetown and visit somebody. Just, he keeps coming back. You can't get rid of it. It's like a boomerang. You try to get rid of it. Whoa, it's back there. Keep doing it over and over again. Some of you heard me tell this story. When I was in Bible college, in college, I preached in this little church in uh, Perdido Bay, Alabama. Uh, it was a little, little church, a little white church, looked like a little Methodist church, uh, that seated about 60 people. And uh, I had me and my friend, uh, Mike Bailey, we did services there. And it was a beautiful little church, uh, a shipbuilding little town, really cool. And I was preaching one Sunday in there, and there was these, uh, it had these little wooden pews, and it had these clear windows that you could see out, just clear windows, no stained glass windows, just clear windows. And I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'll never forget it. I'm preaching on Jacob and Esau, the difference between Jacob and Esau. I have, it was just an awful message. I didn't know what I was trying to say. You know, mist in the pulpit, fog in the pew. Nobody knew what was going on. It was not good. But anyhow, I was preaching, and there was this bird, this little uh, red bird that saw its reflection in the window right up there by the pulpit and he kept flying into the, in the, into the window and I'm preaching trying my best to talk about the difference between Esau and Jacob and Esau was hairy and Jacob was smooth and trying to find what that meant and I'm preaching on that and everybody's looking at that bird it just kept hitting that window over and over again hitting that window and they didn't hear a thing I said you know that bird just committed just kept hitting the window and when God is speaking to you it's just like keeps hitting the window he keeps speaking to you can't, you know, you feel compelled to do something. You feel compelled to say something. I got done counseling this week, a counseling session, wonderful gal in our church, and she was working through some things, and I was, got done counseling her, and then when, and I prayed with her, got done praying with her, and uh, it was a l- little bit of a lengthy session. We got done, I prayed for her, and then we stood up, and then she's walking to the door. It's like the Lord just grabbed me, said, you need to pray for her about this. You didn't even pray about this. And I said, oh, well, stop, stop, brought her back, and, you know, session was over, a little awkward. I said, let's pray again. Prayed over something. Just a compelling voice. Do something. There's a sense of urgency to the voice of God. So you look at this. Samuel said, you know, he didn't know it was the Lord. He runs to Eli. And no, runs to Eli, runs to Eli. There's a compelling nature to the voice of God. You just hear it, hear it over and over again. Very important principle. Second principle in hearing God is God tends to speak when we are not active. God tends to speak when we are not active. Now, if you look at the text, 
uh, Samuel was lying down when the Lord spoke to him. Samuel was lying down when the Lord spoke to him. Now here's what I believe. I believe there's a principle here. I believe sometimes we are not hearing God. We need to hear the voice of the Lord about our family. We need to hear the voice of the Lord about should we move to New Jersey. That's probably a no. Uh, we need to hear the Lord about this or that, you know. But we just, we're just going through life. We're just so busy. We're just, you know, we're running the kids around and we're on our smartphones. You know, good Lord, you got to find out what went up on how many people like what happened on Facebook. And you're, you got your, your iPad, you got your TV going, you got, got this doing. You're just going so good. And it's like, you're like, you're like you know, imagine, imagine your, your, uh, your, your uh, mail carrier coming to your mailbox. And your mailbox is moving all around, you know. It's just it's sliding down the road, you know, he's trying to put mail in there, you know. That's, we are like that mailbox moving around. We've got, we got to put ourselves, we've got to get still. The Bible says, the Psalms say this, be still and know that I'm God. That word still means to cease, to cease. So sometimes you need to turn your phone off, you need to turn the TV off, you need to, you know, tie your kids up with duct tape, put them in the, in the, in the, in the, in the closet. You know, you just need... I, I, that was a joke, so don't do that. That's, that's just a joke. But you just need to, you need to get still. You need to get quiet. So I'll come in here, you know, when you guys aren't here, you know, during the week. I'll be working, working on my sermon. I'm trying hard to get my sermon ready and answering emails. And the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder. Hey, you know, just put that down. Just come in here. And I'll come in here and I'll have one laid on. I'll sit on that chair. And I'll just walk and I'll pray. And then I'll just sit and I'll be quiet. And I can, I, can, I can hear the Lord just say, somebody just says little things like, I love you. You're too stressed out. I love you. I'm with you. Yesterday, he just, I was working in the yard, and, and I was, didn't have my headphones with any music. I do that sometimes, but I didn't have it on. I'm working, and the Lord just spoke something to me while, while I was in quiet. So God tends to speak to us when we're inactive. Now, he will speak to us when we're on the run sometimes, but there's something about sitting on the deck turning the lights out, sitting under the stars, sitting in your uh, Adirondack chair and looking at the stars and worshiping Jesus and getting quiet for him and you'll be surprised sometimes what he'll say to you. Because Samuel heard the Lord when he was laying down. When he was laying down. So very important principle. We're way, way too busy. We need to slow down and get quiet before the Lord. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And then the third principle, first principle is um, God's voice tends to be compelling. The second principle is God tends to speak to us when we're inactive. And just some of you at a point in life where you're making major decision, you just need to reel it back, you know, take a day off, go sit, you know, by the river. And just listen to God. Let him speak to you. And journal. I, have, I had lunch with a young guy the other day. That young boy that's in his 20s. You know, he's been journaling for a couple of years now. Hearing God. He prays and he's, he just writes down things God says to him. I think it's incredible. And I do, I'm not good at journaling, but I think it's an incredible principle. It's a really great thing. Third thing. God speaks to people that have a predisposition to do his will. God speaks to people that have a predisposition to do his will. Now, the reason I say that is because it says in verse 1 of Samuel 3... The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. So my question is, why was the word of the Lord rare? Why weren't there any visions? 
The question, we know the fact, the fact is God wasn't speaking and there weren't many visions, but the question is why? The answer is, is because Israel was apostate. They were in rebellion. They were disobedient to God. They weren't listening to God. And so consequently, God wasn't speaking. And so God doesn't speak where there's an atmosphere of disobedience. God only speaks where there's an atmosphere of obedience. You show me a person that says, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. I'll show you a person that's hearing God. You show me a person that says, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to really follow Jesus. I'm not sure, you know, you know, God, you tell me what you want me to do and I'll evaluate it. You have somebody like that, they're not going to be hearing the Lord a lot. The vision of, and the word of the Lord was rare because the atmosphere was disobedient. And so Samuel, if you read the book of Samuel, hey, God's speaking to Samuel all the time. And, and why is he speaking to Samuel all the time? He's not speaking to anybody else. He's speaking to Samuel all the time because, you know, what, what did the first time he heard, you know, the, the voice of the Lord? He ran to Eli. He, this guy, he's eager to obey the Lord. He wants to do the Lord's will. And so the Lord's speaking to him. So God speaks to people that are, have a willing and obedient heart. So that's, if we're not hearing God, we have the first question we have to ask ourselves is, hey, listen, is, there, is our heart really under the lordship of Jesus? You know, is our heart really under the lordship of Jesus? When Jesus is Lord of our life, like this week, I mean, I was like, uh, it's little things. You know, I, I believe that you obey God in little things, you obey God in big things. So just little things. I try to obey God in little things. Like my, my, uh, one of my tennis buddies came in. He doesn't know Jesus from Adam's cat. He came in. He came in and he said, boy, the sky is beautiful this morning. It's orange, it's pink. He said, just beautiful. He just went on how beautiful the sky was in the early morning as the sun was coming up. And the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, tell him about Psalm 19, verse 1, that says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament manifest his glory. So I just like, hey, you know, that's right. That is right. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament declare his majesty. I just quoted that verse to him. Didn't preach to him. Didn't beat him over the head with the Bible. Didn't call him to repentance. I just, just put that seed in his heart. And he's like, he hadn't had that response before, you know. So that's really, that's really good. Obeying God and little things. Listen to this. Say this to me. God speaks that are ready to. God speaks to people that are eager to obey. Here's what's going to happen. When our hearts get right with the Lord... And we get right with the Lord. I mean, today, I mean, you, a lot of people here love Jesus. But I believe God's going to align us with his spirit in a fresh way today. As we get right with the Lord, we make Jesus the first in our life. We make him the Lord of our life. You know what's going to happen? We're going to begin to hear the Lord speak more frequently with us. We're going to hear the Lord speak to us on a regular basis because we're obedient to him. And the vision and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And when the Lord, when I find that the word, the, God's word to me is rare, and I'm not getting any visions from the Lord, and I'm not hearing the Lord, then I've got to take my heart back to the Lord and say, Lord, if there's a spirit of disobedience in me, I repent of that. I want to do what you ask me to do. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to say what you want me to do, what, what you want me to say. I want to say what you want me to do, even if people don't like it. I'm going to love you and honor you regardless. When I get in that space, I 
hear the Lord. That's why a lot of pastors, I'm not beating up on other pastors, but that's why a lot of pastors aren't hearing the Lord today because they're so worried about what everybody else thinks that they're not giving the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. What, what Samuel said to Eli, if you read the rest of chapter 3, it wasn't good stuff. He was confronting Eli for his sin. And if pastors will start listening to the Lord and quit worrying about what, the, what this left group thinks and what this right group thinks and just give them the word of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to be willing to be your mouthpiece in this church. They'll start hearing the Lord again and we'll have a fresh word from the Lord in America again. Can you say a big amen? amen. So when I was a uh, high schooler, you know, back in high school, just after the earth's crust cooled, uh, back when I was in high school, uh, the big thing was, you know, you want to have a nice car, cool car, you know. But the other thing was you want to have a stereo, a uh, nice stereo in your bedroom, you know. And so I was, I, I really wanted, I didn't have a nice car. I picked Karen up for our first date in a, an American-made gremlin, so that pretty much tells you where I was in my life. It wasn't good. So, uh, but I, had, I wanted a nice stereo, so I was saving money. I worked on saving money for the stereo. Back in those days, in the 70s, in high school, when I was in high school, uh, you know, uh, the bigger the speakers, the better. You wanted big speakers. I mean, you wanted speakers, you know, that would blow your hair off. That's what happened to me. You have big speakers. You want big speakers. Not now little is good. You know, little tiny speakers are smaller the better. But now, you know, you know, some of you guys remember big speakers. You know, and I had, man, I wanted big speakers. So I had to buy this stereo system a piece at a time. So I bought my, uh, this is my receiver. This is a receiver. How many remember a receiver like this? How many had, ever had a receiver like that? That's my receiver right there. It was, a, I love it. I just get chill bumps looking at this thing. And uh, so I bought the receiver. And you know, the bad thing about just having a receiver is you can't hear anything. I mean, you, I just basically got the receiver. I mean, there's no, there's no way to hear it. And then the next thing I bought was a turntable. I don't have a picture of that, but I bought a nice turntable. Turntable, by the way, is what you played record albums on, if you remember. How many remember, uh, you know, vinyl albums? And we all know that was the best sounding music, so we were aware of that. But uh, we, I got a turntable and I had a receiver, but I couldn't hear anything because I didn't have the speakers. And the speakers are essential to hear the stereo, to hear the receiver, and to hear the turntable. And it's essential. The essential thing to hear God is an obedient heart. When we are obedient to the Lord and our hearts turned up toward Him like Samuel's was, the word of the Lord comes and He's hearing the Lord. Samuel's hearing God all the time. Eli's not hearing God. Hophni and Phinehas aren't hearing God. Nobody else is hearing God in Israel. But Samuel's hearing God because he's the one person in the whole kingdom that's willing to run to do the will of God. And he's obedient to the Lord. So as I come into this new year, my life, and then we come into the fall season, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm just, and, and this week, and I'm going to be seeking the Lord. Lord, I want my heart to be in a, an obedient posture before you so I can hear you more because the essential thing to hearing God is obedience. Is obedience. Very, very important principle there. Uh, here's what it is. It, it means that you lay down your agenda. You lay your agenda down. And whenever I'm praying about something I want, I really want to do something, I have to lay that down. I say, Lord, I'm honest with you. This is what I want to do. I want to do this. This is what I want. And, but I, I, I recognize that, you know what, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. So I lay it down, and sometimes he said, hey, that's in my plan too. You can do that. Other times he said, no, we're going to lay that down. 
So lay your agenda down, make him Lord, and then he'll begin to speak to you in a fresh way. So uh, I thought this was a, uh, Frank Wilcox sent me the other day a video of this guy that uh, heard the Lord just in normal setting uh, because, you know, I think God just speaks to us in normal settings. I think he speaks to us when we're in the car. I think he speaks to us when we're, you know, around the house, like me cutting the branches down in the front yard yesterday. He, the Lord spoke to me one time. I just heard him say something I needed to hear. And I just, just I took delight in it. It brought me comfort. It took away the, the anxiety. But uh, Frank sent me this tape of this guy, because you always hear me say about shoulder taps. And that's my phrase, you know, God tapped me on the shoulder. And that's how I hear God. He taps me on the shoulder. He doesn't smack me behind the head. He just taps me on the shoulder. Like when I was in that council session, tap me on the shoulder. Hey, that prayer's not done. Pray more. When I was at the tennis club, tap me on the shoulder. Hey, Psalm 19.1. Just that. But uh, so this guy, Frank, found this. This guy that uses the same phrase, shoulder tap. I thought that was my brand, shoulder tap, but he, he took it. Or uh, maybe he's got it. We're, we're in negotiation right now legally about that, but uh, that's a joke as well. So anyhow, some of you don't know my humor yet, so that was a joke. But uh, this is a really, really cool video about this guy that heard the Lord speak to him in a restaurant. And so I want to watch this, and then we'll come back with our final point before we end today. Shoulder taps. So Tony and I are having lunch at California Pizza Kitchen the other day, and across from us I noticed this elderly woman sit down. She's dressed nicely, and she's at a large table by herself for about five minutes, and then what appears to be her daughter shows up, and I don't recall, two or three grandkids, and they all look spectacular, uh, ready for a nice meal, obviously. And at about that time, a voice in my head starts saying, you need to go tell her how pretty she looks. So I don't even know if we're eating at this point or not, but the food arrives, check arrives. We're going to go down the walkway a little bit in this strip center and look for something. And um, that's the next thing that we're going to move to. So, so Tony stands up. I don't tell her any of this. Um, and on my way out, I just kneel down and kind of get into this position where I'm at her level, right, where she's now in her in her chair. And I said, uh, hey, if nobody else has told you yet today, um, I just want you to hear from me how lovely you are. And she looks at me with a look I've never seen before and says, I know you. And I said, no, you, we, we don't know each other. And she said, I know your spirit. And it gets really quiet between us. And she says, my husband died a year ago. And that's something he would have said to me. And at that moment, I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm overcome by emotion. And I just hug her and smile at her through tears. And I leave. But here's what I know. And here's the reason I'm telling you this. I believe that God taps us on the shoulders and uses us at just the right moment. And what I know for sure is that she was blessed and I was enormously blessed. So I've learned in my life to listen to these shoulder taps because they do happen. And I believe the more that we listen to them, the more in alignment we are with God. And that's an awesome place to be. 
shoulder taps. Well, I love that. That's so practical. I'm going to ask uh, Kyron to begin to play. We're going to ask the Lord to help us this week to hear the Lord. The goal of this message is for us to kind of realign some things so we can begin to hear the Lord speak to us. There's nothing more exciting, there's nothing more adventurous than living a life where you hear the Lord and let Him tap you on the shoulder on a regular basis. It's a great life to live. The Lord guiding you and speaking to you. Maybe you're skeptical and thinking, oh, the Lord can never speak to me. can never speak to me. I'm not good enough or this or that. Or maybe you think God just doesn't speak to people anymore. But I'm convinced that the Word of God is living and active. He speaks to us through Scripture. We read Scripture. But He also speaks to us in things that are so personal, that are in line with Scripture, that are so important for us. The first thing He says to us, if you look at the story, the first thing He said to Samuel was he called Samuel by name. He called him by name. Spoke to him by name. And I think the first thing he ever says to any of us, he says, he says our name. Remember when Lazarus was in the uh, tomb uh, and uh, God called, Jesus went there and he stood before the tomb and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And someone said, if Jesus hadn't said, Lazarus, come out, if he just said, come out, all the graves of all time would have emptied. But Jesus spoke Lazarus' name. And when a person doesn't know Jesus and they are away from the Lord, the very first thing the Lord ever says to them, he says their name to them. When Saul, remember Saul was persecuting the Lord and he was on the road to Damascus and he saw that blinding light. The first thing the Lord said to Saul was Saul, Saul. So God says our name. If you're here this morning and you've not met Jesus, maybe what Jesus is saying to you, he's saying your name. He loves you, he cares about you, he has a plan for your life. And maybe you haven't made him Lord of your life. And maybe that's why you're not hearing the Lord at all. But you can begin to hear the Lord on a regular basis because once you make Jesus Lord and you align yourself to be an obedient person like Samuel, the word of the Lord will not be rare in your life anymore. Would you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? I'll just lift your hands up. If you're a person who doesn't know Christ, invite Christ into your life right now. Ask Him to be your Lord. Ask Him to take away all your sins, repent of your sins. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in and become your Lord. Quit running your own life and say, Jesus, I want you to run my life. But those of you that know Jesus and your hands are raised, would you, as you're quiet before the Lord, would you say, Lord, would you invade my thoughts with your thoughts? Would you invade my mind with your word? Would you invade my heart with your word so I can hear you? Here's what the Lord is saying to our church. I believe the Lord's saying that the word of the Lord will not be rare in this house. The word of the Lord will not be rare and visions will not be rare. For the Lord will speak in a very clear and definitive way to this congregation. Not only in this place, but Lord, as we leave this place, as we go to our places of work and we go to our houses, as we sit on our decks and we look at the sky, we're going to begin to hear the Lord say things to us that are going to change our life. Some of you are stressed about something right now. The Lord has a word for you about that. He has a word that will liberate you from that stress. So as our hands are raised, let's just say this to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I am a child of your kingdom. And say this out loud. I will follow you and listen to your voice. I say yes 
before I hear what your command is. Say that with me again. I say yes before I even hear your command. That's what Samuel was doing when he ran in there to Eli. He was saying yes before he even knew what it was. And so God, we're going to hear you. We're going to say yes even before we know what it is. And we thank you for blessing us. Now, as your hands are raised, I'm going to just pray God's blessing on you. As we go into this week, we thank you that the word of the Lord is going to be with us this week. We're going to hear the Lord about our families. We're going to hear the Lord about our health. We're going to hear the Lord about what we need to do as we follow you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. If you love the Lord, say a big amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. God bless you guys. Hey, listen, there's prayer tables up here for communion and prayer. If you need anything today before you leave, if you need prayer, please let us know. We're here to serve you, and we'll see you next Sunday. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.